0: It shouldn't have come out because it doesn't help Kevin Durant in this situation. I think it actually probably hurts him. I think it hurts his image um, as far as a player now asking not only the coach but mm-hmm. certainly the, uh, your general manager to be to be let go here. And I think I think if, if Ke- a year from now. Kevin Durant will look back
1: on the situation and wish he had a do-over. Not to the fact that he asked to be traded. Hey, every player has a right to be traded. But how he has handled this situation as far as what has transpired the last couple days here. That's Bobby Marks, NBA Today on ESPN, um, on the Kevin Durant situation. And, you know, obviously the, the latest big development in that BIC was earlier this week when the, the details of the meeting with Joe Sy came out. and Joe Sy had, it, Um, responded very quickly in support of his front office and his coach, uh, which Kevin Durant asked them both to be fired. I don't know if I agree with Bobby Marks. I think Kevin Durant is at a point in his career where he doesn't think anything's a do-over. He's been empowered. He's flexed that
0: power in the past. He's doing, he's doing it again. He probably figures, how villainous can I be? Everybody already hates me you know i don't know i i well i think he's in for a rude awakening because i do think that this is really kind of really beyond the pale, even even for entitled, empowered NBA players' mm-hmm. standards. And again, the uh, the litany of, of this happening in the NBA, it's, it's, it's a famous part of the NBA's lineage, and it famously began with Magic Johnson, and, and the first time he orchestrated the dismissal of a head coach, you would have thought the sporting world was going to come to a complete stop. I
1: was How about- dare a player fire a coach? I was eight or nine years old when that happened, and I remember the reaction. Oh, yeah. That was long pre-internet people were oh, up yeah. in arms oh, over was that. it
0: oh were they ever just you talk about just completely turning the hierarchy on its ear the the whole the whole coach at the top of the totem pole idea that was really really ingrained in american sports it got flipped on its ear and people were like they didn't handle it well and that situation i mean that situation yeah. was
1: different uh-huh he had a coach fired who was th- out of place, out uh-huh. of his league as an yeah, assistant coach, completely. was thrust to the head coach after an accident to the other head coach, and won an NBA championship. He, he did. Right. But apparently Magic Johnson got sick of all
0: the Shakespeare quotes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Westhead's got to go. That's right.
0: That's right. Um, and so so to me, uh, th- th- that— that is now since morphed into into a very common uh, occurrence in the NBA and an acceptance that in that sport, the the handful of superstars they run everything. Yeah, I was run look, everything. I was
1: looking it up too about the the Kenny Atkinson firing by Brooklyn and. Kevin Durant was very. He said Kenny Atkinson. He did research when he was leaving Golden State. One of the reasons he wanted to go to Brooklyn was I did research and I love the way Kenny Atkinson handled himself mm-hmm. after games. And then oh, oh, it wore off pretty quick. I want, I want him oh, yeah. gone too. Oh yeah. So I wonder how many how many teams that have been linked to Kevin Durant in these rumors. And, and we can we can name the teams: Toronto, Miami, Boston, Philadelphia, Phoenix. Those those are the yep. main players, right? Yep. I wonder how many of those teams are like, yeah, ooh, it's Kevin Durant. Guy's a top three player in the entire world right now. But you don't think those coaches are a
0: little uneasy? Definitely. Yeah, think about that. Think about that. And the fact that Brian Windhorst said yesterday that that a lot of this um, has hurt the offers coming back because of that. Yes. Because people are like, he's doing – okay, if he's willing to do that after everything Brooklyn has done for him, what might he do to us? Yeah. And I, I think, think how it, fickle will he be with us? It's almost like having four years
2: left on his contract is like s- makes it scarier. Because like how it does. long is he going to be happy for of those well, four and, years?
0: And you're one of the first to bring it up. Even even when he joined Golden State, I mean the basketball team got better, but but the chemistry of the team suffered. It did. clearly it suffered.
1: Yeah. Um, for those among the Phoenix Suns contingent fans observers whatever and you had that Kevin Durant dream of him mm-hmm. wearing purple and orange i have one thing to say
0: it's over jenny <laughs> it's over oh well Kevin okay. what
1: is what is the
2: next person say let it go nothing is over <laughs> <laughs> nothing is over until we say it's over i do i do think though that like every fan base probably is going along the same way as Suns fans are that when you first heard about it you're like oh my God, we could get Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And then you start like daydreaming about the mm-hmm. super team and watching one of the all-time greatest players mm-hmm. and finally getting a championship. The longer it is, yes. th- the longer you see all the stuff going on with Kevin Durant won, and you also sort of like get more comfortable with running it back. And I think all the teams, I'm sure Boston, a week ago or whatever it was, two weeks ago, when they first got brought up, Boston fans were probably like, all right, yeah, do it. Trade oh. Jalen Brown.
1: Let's let's do it. We, the difficulty with the Boston situation is, and I said earlier in the show, and I truly believe this, they should not be in the Kevin Durant business. But there's been concrete reporting that they offered Jalen Brown a little harder, maybe, to patch things up with Jalen mm. Brown when he was dangled in this trade. Even if they are the defending Eastern Conference champions, the thing
0: that the Suns uh, he have wasn't right happy. Now, you saw his no, reaction on Twitter. He, he wasn't, wasn't happy. And he shouldn't
1: be happy. But the thing that's going now for the Suns, if they're if they're of the mindset, okay, we went down the road of possibility, we, we considered it, we tried to make it happen, maybe we didn't push that hard, it's not going to happen, the dream is dead, it's over, Johnny, whatever phrase you want to mm-hmm. use. The thing that they have going for them now is now if they turn back internally and say it is our goal to recapture the chemistry we had last year with mm-hmm. this core group of guys that has been – you know the best team in basketball and, and, and on some measure over the last 2 years they don't have anybody that was actually singled out in a trade proposal
0: by the Suns to the Brooklyn Nets. That's exactly right. And this is this is one of the things that I think down the road I would love to learn about, okay? Because I was a little surprised that the Brooklyn Nets would not be interested in a combo package of Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton and Jay Crowder and draft picks. I'm like, that's, to me, we, we've seen these guys. That seems like a good package in some, yet the Nets wanted no part. Of it, so here's my question. My question is: Did the Suns whiff on a chance to get Kevin Durant early by not offering enough, by not putting in Mikhail Bridges, by not offering a, a big package? Because there's been people speculating that that James Jones has really kind of hung back and and kind of not dangled everything because he doesn't want to strip the team yeah. too much. Well, there was there
2: was sort of reporting that the Suns had not met. The offer that the Nets wanted, most people assumed was they are only offering like three draft picks instead of four. Mm-hmm. But it could have been the the players. That's sure. what I
0: think. That's what I think we're talking about. But it here.
2: also gives now the Suns plausible deniability if they run it back. They could go to Cam Johnson and go to Mikael Bridge and be like, "Look, guys, they really wanted you. We did. We weren't willing to
1: give you mm-hmm. up even for Kevin Durant." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Or on the flip side, and I'm not switching my stance. I think it's over. I think the sun should move on. I don't think Kevin Durant ends up in Phoenix. But is the fact that everything has been so shrouded in rumor? You said it in your column earlier this week. James Jones' biggest best moves are when you can't you never see, see him, him coming. coming. You yeah? never
0: see him coming. Yeah, and that's and and the, I I do admire that that when when James Jones wants to operate on the down low, no nobody knows. Not and I, and I respect that. The move on
2: part, though, is important because, as we were talking about yesterday, they still have some holes that they kind of need to oh, fill yeah. here. And we're getting like deep into the summer. I'm like six weeks away from training. Bro. Yeah, I mean. I don't even know who's out there at this point if they need to upgrade that backup point guard or, or get that scorer off the bench that we well, talked about. yeah,
0: I, I do think that's important, but I, I, I do believe, and this is going to sound Pollyanna-ish, and, and I know Vinny's going to love this, but I do think that Dario Saric, the return of him, he does things for the offense that, you just, that, that frees, frees up other guys.
1: If he's going to get minutes at backup five, you're exactly right. He stretches the floor. He <laughs> creates space. Yeah. JaVale McGee was
0: not a threat to shoot no, the ball from no. the top
1: of the key. No. Dario Sharich is. And no. he's a good passer, can handle it a little yeah. bit. There's things obviously. There's
0: things Dario can't do that JaVale did do very, very well. Uh the energy among them, but again, it it's <clears throat> I, I think that in terms of we we've seen it. We've seen the stabilizing effect he can have on the offense. So so I do think the return of that piece is something and I think it it will help the offense. But I but I do agree. I'm not sure they're better than they were this time last year and and they do need to, to to address that and maybe maybe this is maybe this is what they need maybe they need to get the Kevin Durant thing out of their heads so they can go and just attack other yeah. pieces chalk it up to a flirtation yeah. and move on yeah if that's what it is uh, i'll curious to see again uh, uh, what what flex from jersey has to say about this now that now that the reporting has expanded Kevin Durant's list of teams because that to me now you're out of the realm of obsession mm mm-hmm. mhm Now you're not going to the wall to get to Phoenix, Arizona. I mean, in a a way, it's kind of like moving over to the bargain bin.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Everybody's got a crack at you now. Right. Uh, Coming up next, one publication believes ASU head coach Herm Edwards is on one of the hottest seats in college football. Is he, though? We'll get into it. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the ak Community Studios, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7
0: 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Weekly and Murata. Weekly and Marana mornings.
1: We'll probably make an announcement here shortly. I got an idea, but just ready. I don't want the opponent to know. They can study for all four of us. the head coach of Arizona State football earlier this week uh, when asked on when we could expect a decision on the starting quarterback for the 2022 season Uh, based on our conversation with Chris Cartman who's really dialed in and Mm -hmm. pretty astute at uh, gauging how things are going to go it's not even a race right now that it'll be Emory Jones uh, but you know, you, yeah. you got to protect NAU knowing against who your starting quarterback is going
0: to be. <laughs> you got to
3: keep NAU hey,
2: guessing. NAU yeah. is a tough football team, and they could upset you without
1: you even uh, being mm. ready for
2: it. What That's are the
3: true. best programs in the state? If yeah.
1: NAU beats ASU in the opener, they're the football kings of Arizona, undisputed, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean,
3: they yeah, have to be, they right? Have to be, yeah. I,
1: they'd have to
2: play GCU's intramural.
1: They'd teams have to play so. Arizona Christian. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's right in ottawa <laughs> university um
1: speaking of herm edwards pete thamel of espn put together his list of uh college coaches on the hottest seats mm-hmm. and herm edwards is high on his list in fact he was behind only uh Nebraska's scott frost and auburn's brian harson the write-up that accompanied that particular list pick was mm-hmm. pretty harsh um It reads, in the history of college football, it's unlikely there's ever been a bigger disparity disparity between introductory news release promises and current day realities than Herm Edwards' tenure at Arizona State. The cartoonish way that A.D. Ray Anderson attempted to spin the hire of Edwards, his former client when Anderson was an agent back in 2017, now reads like an article from The Onion. (laughs)
3: <laughs>
1: and if you're not wow. familiar the Onion is a yes. satirical newspaper mm-hmm. that's absolutely funny and brilliant. Um Indeed. There's other points uh, here. The the capable staff that wasn't pushed out in the ongoing NCAA investigation has fled Edwards' uh, sinking ship. Players have followed as the program's best quarterback, running back, defensive lineman, and linebacker, and two best wide receivers have transferred out. Instead of retention, ASU's alleged ambivalence to NCAA rules, most notably allegations from former staffers of completely ignoring dead periods during the pandemic, have turned ASU into a starless farm team. It ends up, ASU has a bad roster, underwhelming staff, and the Pac-12's worst recruiting class in 2023. All that and a milquetoast 25 and 18 record under Edwards. ASU passed on starting over when the scope of the potential allegations against Edwards became apparent. Mm-hmm. Instead, they've emboldened the aggrieved staffers who claim they got pushed out for not cheating, who have only been overloading NCAA investigators with evidence of the violation uh, violations under Edwards' watch. And the only people who don't see this ending poorly are in the president's and AD's chairs in Ooh. Tempe. Just
0: scathing stuff. Well, listen, there's a lot of truth to that. And and if, you, if you're asking uh, – if you reacted negatively about uh, the report yesterday that we talked about in terms of Michael Crow saying they haven't even – Talked to the top football coaches here, and we all kind of laughed and smirked at the NCAA. There is a possibility that that they have been overloaded with evidence from people. That yes. that's a very that's a very distinct possibility, and for a for an ent- entity that doesn't move very fast to begin with, uh, that that is an element to be considered. Well, that's the part that I left out from what Thamel wrote yeah. about Michael Crow.
1: Arizona State President Michael Crow annually would present his athletic department with fiery rhetoric about steep consequences for not following NCAA rules. That makes his refusal so far to fire Edwards amid a significant NCAA probe both baffling and hypocritical as the program has spiraled into the laughingstock of the Pac-12. Yeah,
0: and so you, so you wonder about this. So uh, t- to me, I I do believe I do believe that there's a chance for real embarrassment here for ASU if they start getting worked early and if they look bad and if these penalties are still an issue and if they look. If, if, they, if this season looks as cataclysmic as we thought a couple months ago, then ASU is going to look really dumb for not pulling the proverbial trigger, but for yeah, not bringing in new blood. For all the things that Pete Thamel wrote that I just read
1: and they are – it doesn't hold back. I disagree with the overall premise that Herm Edwards is on a hot seat. I think this year, especially with this investigation dragging Mm -hmm. and judging from Michael Crow's quotes that the coaches who are in place now haven't even been interviewed by the NCAA yet. Herm Edwards, he's still there. He might have the coolest
0: seat of any coach in the country right now for a year right and and so what, what like pete thamel the thing that i'm having a hard time squaring is michael Crow has always reacted very negatively to rules breakers ncaa violators and does he believe herm edwards has plausible deniability you know does he does he believe herm edwards is that removed that that maybe he didn't know that it was all those infidels on his staff taking advantage of all the delegating that Herm has done. I, I, that doesn't work in they, football. But if you're in charge of the program, you're in charge of everything. They
2: might be looking at it as a strategic thing, though, where they're like, we need to wait until the ruling comes down so that when the ruling comes down, we can clean house
0: and we could say we are handling it. We but did it. They're and not now going we're moving to he's on. going to retire after this year This he will retire before, before there's he, any adjudication mm-hmm. from this thing.
1: Do we know oh, who boy. else Ray Anderson represented when he was an agent? We can oh, start boy. forecasting yeah, the next coach. Get it Oh, boy. But oh, on boy. that front, Jared, all you need to do is look Ooh. down south for the example set. But they didn't wait for uh, uh, an overall ruling well, from they, the NCAA. But they, they waited as long as they could. They waited a long time, yeah. but it also goes to show you, you can clean house on the fly. Yeah, right. Tommy Lloyd's got that program in a really oh, good place wow, right what now. What a great hire for them. I mean, and until the NCAA here's the one thing that I consider with ASU, uh, and, and with all of this turmoil, and a lot of players have talked about it, Herm Edwards has talked about it, and I truly do believe this. After that year of uncertainty, when that investigation was announced last year, it was probably difficult for a lot of guys who weren't all into the program to get out. There was a lot of guys that wore uniforms for ASU last year that were probably... Half-hearted in there. No, that's in, true. In, in their, that's true. In their love and that belief in the program, the guys that are there right now, they want to be there. That's a good point, and, and maybe that's the energy that Herm Edwards keeps referencing. And for all uh, you know, uh, what you could say about Herm Edwards, I truly believe this too. He can motivate young men. That's the reason why you got this job in the first place. Oh, definitely. So I, I think that is an interesting juxtaposition in all of this. And again, I don't believe the the seat's that hot for this year. I, I think they. No, I agree with that. I, I think Ray Anderson and Michael Crow have said we're sticking with
0: Herm until this thing blows over. In, yeah. in, either way, good or bad. Um. So yeah. But if but again, if they come out and say and say they lose to Nau to start the season, if they if they're a three win football team. Then there's going to be a, this. This will be this will be revisited. Well, the, the decision to hang on and try to ride this through the turbulence for whatever reason it, that that's that's the that's the part that they're forfeiting on.
3: Look at their five first games on the schedule: NAU, Oklahoma State loss, Eastern Michigan, Utah, USC. Oof! This is not going to be an easy start. Yeah, no, Flat. it's
0: not a good. Yeah, I see five and zero. Oh can't see five at all? Oh. For who? Yeah, for who? <laughs> um, look, they should
1: beat NAU. They should mm-hmm. beat Eastern Michigan. Yes, mm-hmm. Stillwater on the road—that's that's, that's rough. not a win. Uh, Utah's the best team in the Pac. That's not a win. And, and USC's not a win. To be so they yeah, yeah. And yeah. everybody's saying, I'm not willing to anoint USC just yet either. I know they got talent. They got a new coach. You know, Clay Helton's gone. Everybody's raving about this new student body right collective they've got. Nobody's gonna be able mm-hmm. to compete with this financially.
0: It still might mean six or seven wins for them. Uh, yeah. They floundered no. for a decade no. with all the advantages it's, they yeah, have. Yeah, Lincoln Riley's legit. I, I I think he's I think that's gonna pop right away. Yeah, look at all those championships we'll see. he won in no, Oklahoma. I, okay. All right. <laughs> they look uh, I'm just talking Look trash. at all the number one draft picks he overall draft picks he produced. You're just, you're just reflexively talking trash about USC. Absolutely. I got it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> pack, this is like Don, this is Donovan Mitchell. In. This is Jamal Murray. Do you J- have, Jamal <laughs> Murray? It's Luka Doncic. It's, it's Luka Doncic. All it's all, all those guys. That's it's all league. that stuff. USC a hoe.
3: Yeah. <laughs> USC a hoe.
2: He's only got two more years before <laughs> you can't talk <laughs> trash about USC in conference anymore.
3: That's true. Get it in while you can. Yeah, yeah. it's only two Link years in away a from, hoe.
1: The, from them being a middle-of-the-road. Big Ten uh, programs. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, coming up next, the big stories of the day through the Rush Hour Reboot uh, with Sarah Cazell. We'll do it straight ahead. Bickley and Marotta Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
0: 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Bickley and Marotta Mornings. Rush North. Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Setting you up to speed on everything happening in
3: sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting, Arizona built for America's dreams. <laughs> morning, everyone. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on 97FM, Arizona Sports Station. Every single day at 730, we take you through the biggest stories of the day in Arizona and beyond. And I am Sarah Cazell taking you through those stories with Dan Bickley. Hey. Vince Murata. Oh, oh, oh. Here we go now. Here we go now. Here we go now. We go now. We go now. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
0: That'll, that'll be is, stuck in your head all day.
3: Absolutely. It is impossible to not get... Fully hype when you yeah. hear that song. My yeah. goodness.
0: Definitely bussin'.
3: Oh, it is is bussing. It is <laughs> soup bussing. My goodness. <laughs> and
0: Jarek Carlin cringing he on the other side. He didn't even throw a touchdown pass in that game. And he was MVP of that game. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea what my point of that is.
3: <laughs> that is tremendous. I don't tremendous. remember
0: any of the context of
3: these. Yeah, when was that from?
2: I don't know. <laughs> These are all old <laughs> clips I'm just randomly picking.
3: Okay. Well, thank you, you don't for, say. for your service. <laughs> what do you do? Just search a keyword and that, and then whatever pops up, pops up? Your I mic just scroll is not, down uh, and
1: pick. Go. More oh, Speedos.
3: Yeah, more Speedos. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows? Oh, I remember <gasps> the context of that one. You do? No. You do? I don't either. <laughs> That is tremendous. All right. We've got some NFL preseason football starting tonight uh, around 4 o'clock and then a 4.30 game as well. But tomorrow is when we get our first look at the 2022 Arizona Cardinals facing the Bengals in Cincinnati. The Cardinals depth chart for tomorrow night came out. I think two days ago. Uh, and we can expect to see a couple starters in action. Marco Wilson, Dennis Gardeck and Zaven Collins. Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach has had a lot of nice things to say about Marco Wilson, this off season. And so has Buda Baker.
0: I've seen great things coming out of him and I'm very excited for him. It's, like you said, this is his second year in the league and um, you know, I'm just very excited for him. You can see him in the conditioning test. He's explosive and all those type of stuff. And we're going to have meetings here. Guys are going to understand the playbook and understand, you know, things that they were learning for the first time last year. And now it's kind of that same terminology, same, you know, kind of voices talking. And it's definitely going to be a special year for him. I definitely think he could be end up being one of the Pro Bowl corners.
3: A Pro Bowl corner. Marco Wilson. I'd be good. Do you see that? Potentially
1: unfolding? No. No, I do not. I I mean, if he gets to that point, it would be very surprising if it's this year based on what we saw last year. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it out of the realm of possibility in his future? No, but um, I think that's just a, a good leader on the defense being supportive of a guy who is under the microscope, quite honestly.
3: Yeah. OK, so something to aspire to, maybe not yeah. necessarily an expectation for this year. Yeah. All right. Uh, what would you like to see from those three starters in this preseason game tomorrow night? Again, Marco Wilson, Dennis Gardeck, Zavin Collins. What would you like to see from those three guys?
0: Yeah, I'd like to see no uh, no defensive holding penalties on Marco Wilson. So I've got a low bar for him, but I've got a high bar for Zayvon Collins. I want to see Zavin Collins um, Really kind of ju- jump off the screen. I-, I-, I want to see him look like he doesn't belong playing in a first preseason game. That's what I'd like to see. That's a perfect way to put it. Um, and Gardeck, I mean, he does
1: what he does. Uh, I, and we know what he's capable of doing. Um, I'll be focused more on on Collins and, and Wilson.
3: Fair enough. Maybe a, a new sack dance for Dennis Gardeck. Maybe the last one wasn't really working for me. It's okay. All right, let's go to college football. We did touch on this in just Didn't the see last that sack
1: dance last year segment.
3: Okay, <laughs> uh, we did just talk about ASU football. Uh, I just looked at the schedule again. They kick off three weeks from today. I forgot that they play NAU on a Thursday night. That's mm-hmm. their season opener. So uh, that'll be Thursday, September first at Sun Devil Stadium, ASU NAU, and. I'll reread a little bit of what we touched on in the last segment for those who just tune in at 730 to get caught up on the top stories of the day. Pete Thamel, who covers college football for ESPN, absolutely flamed ASU Herm Edwards, all of ASU's leadership um, when he was writing about the college football coaches who have the hottest seats across the country. Thamel truly did not hold back when writing about ASU's current situation. He says they have a bad roster, an underwhelming staff, and the worst recruiting class in 2023 in the Pac 12, plus a milk toast 25 and 18 record under Edwards. We do not hear the word milk toast a lot. Oh, I'm uh, a big fan of that. Or often enough, yeah. yeah. Are you
2: really? Yes. Uh, I like a word with a Q right yeah, in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, I'm going to spell
1: milk all the time with, with Q. a Q. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Let me have a glass of M A. I- M I L Q U E
3: and put some toast in it.
0: Yeah, throw and dip Make some it toast the in it. Mm. Yeah,
3: FAM <laughs> continues. ASU passed on starting over when the scope of the potential allegations against Edwards became apparent. Instead, they have emboldened the aggrieved staffers who claim they got pushed out not for ch- er, for not cheating who have been overloading NCAA investigators with evidence, etc. The final line from Thamel, the only people who don't see this ending poorly are in the president's and AD chairs in Tempe. Ouch. Earlier this week, ASU president Michael Crow told The Athletic the NCAA still hasn't even completed interviews with ASU staffers and coaches in this investigation into the program. And Vince, you said again just in the last segment that you actually think Herm Edwards' seat is Cool as can be as they wait out this investigation. For this year. For this year. Okay, so what do you guys think it will take for Herm Edwards to no longer be the Sun Devils head coach?
1: A disastrous ruling from the NCAA or a disastrous football season? I don't know if a disastrous ruling will come down uh, at the end of this football season. (laughs) Again, we're talking about the glacial pace of the NCAA. Yeah. I'm not – I'm certainly not – bullish on their chances but I'm also not yet in the category
0: of this is going to be a, a dumpster fire for ASU either. No, it's it's also it's it's a it's an opportunity for her an opportunity a lot of people do not think he deserves for Herm Edwards to kind of soften up his reputation on the way out of Dodge. If, he, if you believe this is going to be uh, one more year and then retirement, like I kind of believe it's going to be, if they overachieve, if they win seven games, I, I, I think if they do more than expected, I, I don't expect a lot, to be honest with you. I think yeah. I, I I really have low expectations. And if they exceed that, then I think maybe Herm maybe gets a chunk of dignity on the way out the door. I But but like Vinny said, if, if it's a disastrous football, Football season, it's just going to look awful. Yeah. It's really, it's going to make this football program and this and this whole university just look paralyzed athletically. Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, that's a great way of putting it. All right, finally, the second Field of Dreams game is tonight. The Cubs and the Reds coming out of the cornfields in Iowa last year, last summer. This event was absolutely captivating, at least for me, and I feel like a lot of the sports world was um, just mesmerized. But not to mention.
1: One of the best individual games in any sport played in 2021. That game was
3: bananas. That's, it was so good. It was corn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not <bananas>. Okay, so, <laughs> so the question is, okay, so we already know, we we know the gimmick, right? Are you as interested in this game this year as you were last year? No,
1: not at all. <laughs>
3: is there any way to maintain that sub- same level of interest? I, I mean... I would never, ever tune into a
1: Cubs Reds game on a Thursday <laughs> night ever. Just cause. Cubs, especially when they're both really bad teams. Um, so I might tune in for a little bit of it. But last year you had two good teams going at it: Yankees playing the White Sox. Um, I, I think you know it's it's important that they get traditional, older franchises to play in this game, but. It just so happened that these were not the two to play in 2022.
0: Yeah, I I think the the first time around was so magical from the player introductions to Kevin Costner being there to the way the game ended. It was just so magical. I just would like to see it just... They put a cap on it there. Right. Let let the good things be good let things it, and keep right. it at that. Just preserve it. Just keep that as something you did. I, I don't mind the idea of going to all sorts of of other kind of quaint baseball parks and whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be fun. That's that would be idea. cool.
1: I mean, they've done it at the Little League World Series. Yeah. They have the Sunday Night Williamsport game. I, interestingly enough, next year there won't be a game in Dyersville because right. there's construction going on. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the antithesis of what makes it great?
3: Right. <laughs> We're right.
1: building a luxury hotel on site. Well, of course. Uh, with retail space. Uh, of costs, course. And this is to be ruined. Yeah, everything right. gets Office ruined. Space. Everything gets ruined.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. True.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Vinny, I don't know if you know this. Everything sucks. <laughs>
1: Do you know that? I'm still waiting for my shirt to arrive.
3: Everything. (laughs) Uh, That's the Rush
1: Hour reboot every morning at 7.30. Speaking about ASU football, by the way, we will talk with uh, former Sun Devil quarterback and ESPN college football analyst Brock Osweiler in the 8 o'clock hour. Coming up next, boxers have them, pitchers have them, batters have them. How come everybody doesn't have a walk-up song in uh, professional sports. There's a kicker asking that question. That and more from Cardinals training camp all straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
2: Camp takeoff 2022 is a go. Covering presented by 72 Zones and Kona Brewing.
0: The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station yeah.
1: Anytime you get up, you get a chance to go on the field um, and show what you can do and perform and play the game is a huge opportunity, so I'm definitely excited about that. I'm um, excited for a lot of guys on this team to be able to go out. We've had a great camp so far, just be able to go out and now put it on the field against another team and, and show what we can do, show what we've been working on. Cardinals starting quarterback, at least for tomorrow, Trace McSorley. He will get the start in the preseason opener for the Cardinals against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, we will not see Colt McCoy. We will not see Kyler Murray probably for the whole preseason. So get ready for McSorley and Garantano this fall on Fox.
0: Yeah, it sounds, <laughs> sounds like a detective show, doesn't <laughs> it? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind it does. yeah. Two guys from opposite backgrounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they, yeah, there you go. Have fun. Yeah. I mean, I, we're, I'm going to watch it, obviously, but it, yeah. it's not it's out of duty, not out of love. It's just that that reentry into the football world. Because, uh, you
1: know, our schedules changed. I mean, we, there was a time we were out of training camp every single day, just soaking in every little nuance and story that there was and talking to every player there was to talk to. So just for me, being in yeah. the mornings, I feel a little bit detached. So this is kind of a, a reentry into the whole football world. OK. Does All that right. make sense? I guess. You know, yeah. another thing about Tra- uh, Trace McSorley. No. What? He do <laughs> no, a we don't. song written about him while he was the quarterback at Penn I State. I do know that. Yeah. I actually do know that.
0: That's a pretty big honor. Can because he was... He was a huge college football yeah. star. Yeah, he was. Yeah. No, there there was, um, I remember after the Cardinals selected him, there was, we talked about this. There was some dude in Happy Valley that was such a gigantic Trace McSorley fan that he created a, a like, like a rap song yeah. about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I remember that. Yeah. We're not going to play it for you. Don't well, worry. Song of the day, man.
0: <laughs> we'll play this, our song I've, of the day. I've already Write got a down.
1: fantastic song of the day
0: oh, right now. Oh, you do? Yes.
2: Wow. <laughs> Maddie
1: Fresh We've, is
2: the guy wow. who wrote the song By the way, Maddie Fresh. Wow. Whatever happened? to him got a he's mold. playing quarterback
1: for the colts now he got moldy speaking of songs in sports everything becomes a show we know this mm-hmm. um and edwin diaz has gone viral for his closer entrance at mets games and quite honestly i've got nothing bad to say about it it's awesome it gets the crowd pumped up it gets him pumped
0: up do we have that handy let's remind people do we have it handy Man, we should have we should have planned this out. (laughs) What what, what did you just? I'm sorry. What are you asking for? Say it again. (laughs) Never mind. No, no. no, I
2: was I was was listening to the Maddie Fresh song. Okay. Are you looking for the Edwin Diaz entrance song? We are. Yes.
1: Now pitching from the New York Mets, number 39, Edwin, Edwin Edwin. Diaz.
0: Diaz. You don't. This song is so good. You don't even need the PA announcer to say it. So, this might be about as good as it's ever gotten with a walkout or a walk-up song. Hell's Bells is pretty good. Pretty good? Yeah. The, Trevor Hoffman. And then Andrew Sandman. Sandman. Yeah, from Sandman. Ital- Mariano I, Rivera, that was when, always and when they legendary. And played, you know,
1: played that for him at his, his retirement going away thing, that was cool.
0: Mm-hmm. But closers get it.
1: Um, batters get it every time they step to the plate. Right. Boxers
0: have entrance music. But see, it's it's different. It's different with closers because closers, it's it's a real high leverage situation. Mm-hmm. And if you're playing something like that, you, you're really raising the stakes in the moment. Yeah. A walk up song for a batter. It's he might strike out. He might hit a home run. It's going to be the same thing next time he comes to the plate. Which, again, why? Closers, you got to back it up. Why if you're going to come out with a song like that, you got to back it up. And that's so so has. Yeah, he has. The key to his
1: turnaround has been the proper walk up song.
0: Mm. Um, Evan McPherson, the kicker for the
1: Cincinnati Bengals, thinks that kickers should have walk-up songs. Listen to his rationale from uh, NFL Network. Do you think kickers should have a walk-out song as they go out to kick the game-winning field goal? And if they let you, what would your song be? Yeah, no, I think that's a really great idea. Um, Just like in baseball, I think they should kind of implement it in football because I think it could bring a whole new level of excitement to the game-winning field goal. Um, With what song... I hey, would we want mine here? to be. What do you, what do you feel? I, in I think I'm gonna have thinking? to go back to my Super Bowl days, pick an artist from there, and I'm gonna go with "Without Me" uh, by Eminem. All right, all right. So, guess who's back? Back
2: again. Yeah, look at you. We created a monster because nobody wants to see Evan anymore. They want Money Mac. <laughs> what? Yeah. He's what? chopped liver. And, and
1: oh, wow! I knew the whole Eminem song. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. I mean. What Sean O'Hara responded with was not the lyrics to "Without Me." That was the real Slim shade. Okay, that he, he quoted. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Evan McPherson famously during his Super Bowl days, as he referenced, he
3: walked no, that, that out was of the. Without me, yeah, isn't that the same song?
1: Yeah. No, it's not the same song. But that was "Without Me." He was singing. Oh, but not the "Guess Who's Back." Is what I was back to. again. Yeah, um, he left the locker room at halftime <laughs> of the Super Bowl to watch the halftime show.
0: Do you I remember saw that? that? Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, but along those lines, I, you, you hit on it when you talked about the closer. It's a high leverage situation. Mm-hmm. A kicker comes out to kick a potential game-winning field goal. It's mm-hmm. a high leverage situation. But the immediacy of the result would be hard to deal with. If the kicker missed
0: the kick, <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he, and take it a step further, if they actually implemented this, this would be quite something because we know how 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 um, shaky some kickers can be. Okay, mm-hmm. we've experienced that. So you play a dramatic walkout song for a kicker in a game-winning field field goal, and, and they're blaring what? What's what's a good walkout song for a kicker?
1: Um fight for your right
0: to party cuz yes. it starts yes. with kick, kick it. it yeah oh, oh, wow. like there you go, there well you go. um and then and then the music blares and it builds to a crescendo and they line up and then the other coach calls a timeout <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's ah right. that's, right. that's true right. Right. to freeze the kicker But then, then
1: you, do you fire back up but again for a closer you come in tie game or you know you got a one run lead it's still going to take you a little bit of time to blow that lead even if things don't work out well yeah it could right, be an immediate. True. All right, you're playing. Yeah, uh, fight for your right to party. McPherson's wide left. I don't know if it works. Some, someone's putting
2: on Twitter. Did this, did all this start with Major League with Wild Thing? Do you remember that ever happening? Like when you were I, growing up or when you're younger no.
1: in the 70s, 80s? No, that and, movie came out in the in the what late 80s? Yeah, I don't. I remember thinking that was kind of out of the realm of what we knew mm-hmm. when they played wild thing for for ricky vaughn yeah it might have started with that this have yeah. you ever thought about it like what what your walk-up song would be in different sports
0: oh i don't yeah i i think we all have thought about that i'm not sure i've i ever came to a conclusion as to what i would pick because yeah. you'd want because tempo would matter you would yes. want you you wouldn't go up there with a ballad would you Vinny? No, no. No. But I always thought Vinny, of it. Would, would, Jared, would you like do would you do something like Weird Al Yankovic? Yeah. Would you like
3: He'd love, create his own song. Somehow, oh, another one rides right, the bus. Another one rides the bus. Okay, no one's gonna beat did you guys see. Rock what me happened? I'm a Danish or whatever that thing was. <laughs> <laughs> the did you, Rye or the, the Kaiser? Stupid, Yeah, right. Uh, Yesterday, did you see Daniel Vogelbach with the Mets? What his walk-up song was? No, Daniel Vogelbach,
2: kind of a rotund.
3: Uh, A a thick boy, as we love to call him. Very thick boy. Two Cs. <laughs> yeah, three C's, three honestly. Okay. Okay. So he did Milkshake by Kalise. My Milkshake brings all the boys to the yard <laughs> because <'cause> it was <laughs> Women's Day. Day.
1: And all the uh, Mets picked uh, songs by female artists. Yes. Yeah, and that one got quite the reaction. <laughs> yes. I did
0: it. Yeah, that's that's, that's well done. I think this Edwin Diaz won. It, I, and I know everyone votes for Mariano, Mariano Rivera and Sandman is the great. And that was really cool at Old Yankee Stadium. When he'd come out, it would feel just really heavy and ominous. Yeah. Like, we're done we got that song's no shot. a little overused and sp- yes yes this it- just hits so different cause because of the it's horns. Also like,
2: and it's also like interactive with the audience the clap and do the air horns does anyone even know what Mark melanson's walk-in music is
1: Please, hammer,
3: don't hurt them. It's a a creaky old organ. Hammer
0: time, (laughs) probably. I don't know.
1: I do birds. Yeah, right. (laughs) I love that. I love the carpenters.
0: They're great. All right, coming up next,
1: we hit the 8 o'clock hour. Bickley's got your blast. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.